Hey, if you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 21. Luke 21, verse 12. We're just going to share some things, you know, from the Word of God to help you walk in, uh, actually just walk in the truth of God's Word, but also uh, how to walk through tests and trials, but actually how to turn those tests and trials into the testimony that God wants them to be, not the testimony that the devil wants them to be. Amen? How many of you know that God wants all of us to have a testimony? Amen? And uh, I know that Miss Janine wants us, to, and it's never going to have a testimony service, which we're going to do that. We're going to have a worship night and a testimony service here. We're going to get that. And so we're going to do that. So you guys, you know, and, uh, you know, because we believe that God is doing things. Sometimes you don't know what God's doing in, in, in and around things that are happening because people don't say or they don't tell us, and you need to know that. And, uh, you know, uh, and realizing uh, that you overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. So you got to be speaking what God's doing in your life all the time. You got to be declaring what God's doing, what you want him to do, hallelujah, speaking the word of God. And uh, here in uh, Luke 21, talking about some things here, and uh, talking about the end times. How many of you know, I think we believe we're in that, you know, Matthew 24, Luke 21, uh, uh, Mark 13, uh, all talks about end time things, talking to the Jews, but talking to us too, because it says in the end times, there's going to be all these things happening. But in verse 12, it says that before all these things, uh, but before all of these things, they will lay their hands on you and persecute you and deliver you up to the synagogues and prisons. You will be brought before kings and rulers for my namesake. But it will turn out for you as an occasion for a testimony. In the King James Version, it says this, it shall turn to you for a testimony. Amen? In the New King James, it says this, that it'll turn out for you as an occasion for testimony. Therefore, settle in your hearts not to meditate beforehand on what you'll answer, for I will give you a mouth and wisdom, and which all your adversaries will not be able to contradict or resist. Amen? You know, we're living in the days, and we are living in the last days. We're living in the days where people just, they just hate you because of who you are. They hate you because you're a Christian. They hate you, you know, because of what you stand for. Automatically, they just can't stand to be around you, and it's a sad thing. But guess what? You know that everywhere Jesus went, there was a lot of people that couldn't stand him, that could hate him. They just couldn't. They did not want anything to do with him. Amen? Especially the religious people and all that. They just, they, they just couldn't. They, the Bible says they put him on the cross because of envy. They hated him so much they wanted him to die. And in fact, because Pilate said, hey, why don't I release him? I'm, I'm supposed to release somebody. They said, no, we'd rather have a murderer and a thief. We'd rather have Barabbas than we would have this person. And, uh, you know, many times we look at things and think, well, how come? You know, why is everybody so angry? It's because of the signs of the times. But the glorious thing is, is that aren't you glad that your test can become a testimony? Because it said this is going to turn for a testimony. You've got to be ready to give an answer for everyone that asks the reason of the hope within you. Now, I want to read this to you out of the New Living Translation because I like what it says here in some of the things. It says, but before all of this occurs, there will be a, a time of great persecution. See that. You will be dragged into synagogues and prisons and you will stand trial before kings and governors because you are my followers. And this will be your, and, but this will be your opportunity to tell them about me. 
That's your testimony. Amen? So don't worry in advance about how to answer the charges against you, for I'll give you the right words and such wisdom that none of your opponents will be able to reply or refute. Even those closest to you, your parents, your brothers, your relatives, and your friends will betray you. They will even kill some of you, and everyone will hate you because you are my followers. But not a hair of your head will perish. By standing firm, you will win souls. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. He goes on to talk about when things are going to take place later on. But he says, you will win souls. You will. Why? Because of of the boldness and because uh, of the faith that you have. Amen. Now go with me to over to Philippians, Philippians chapter 1. I'm going to read it to you out of the Amplified Bible. Philippians 1, 27 and 28. Because we've got to grab a hold of some things that we've got to be able to be bold in our testimony. Got to have boldness in our speech. We cannot be ashamed of the gospel. Cannot be ashamed to be Christians. Listen, I, I think it's for the greatest thing, God chose us to be, uh, you know, alive for a time like this. I'm going to read it to you out of the Amplified Bible. Philippians 1.27 says this, Only be sure as citizens so to conduct yourselves that your manner of life will be worthy of the good news or the gospel of Christ. Amen? You need to walk as Christians. If you've got to talk to talk, walk to walk. Amen? So that whether I do come and see you or am absent, Paul said, I may hear this of you, that you are standing firm in united spirit and purpose, striving side by side and contending with a single mind for the faith of the glad tidings of the gospel. And do not for a moment, hallelujah, be frightened or intimidated by in anything or by your opponents or your adversaries, for such constancy and fearlessness will be a clear sign, a clear proof and a seal to them of their impending destruction, but a sure token and evidence of your deliverance and salvation and that from God. You know, the Bible says over in Ephesians says, having done all to stand, stand. Amen. Sometimes we stop way short or just stop a little short of what God's doing in our lives. And uh, you need to understand God's desire for us is for his will to be accomplished. Many times he does, may not show up when you think he should, but he always shows up when he's supposed to. Amen. Now, let me read to you Isaiah uh, uh, 61, verses 1 through 7. It says this. It says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath, the Lord hath anointed me to preach the good news, or the good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. To console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes and the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. You know, she endeavored to get you to praise, get you to worship, get you to, because something happens when you begin to praise and to worship God. God in heaven, God brings strength. Amen. Hallelujah. The Bible talks about the joy of the Lord being our strength. He says, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called the oaks or the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified, and they shall rebuild the old ruins. They shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. Strangers shall stand and feed your flocks, and the sons of foreigners shall be your plowmen and the vine dressers, but you shall be named the priests of the Lord. 
Amen. I'm going to keep reading. They shall call you the servants of our God. You shall eat the riches of the Gentiles. Amen. And in their glory, you shall boast. Instead of your shame, you shall have double honor. And instead of confusion, you shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in the land that you shall, you shall possess double. You know, somebody asked me, I had a pastor come up and ask me uh, last night about, you know, what has God been saying to you? And it was, we were standing around with a bunch of other pastors. And that's usually the case. What's God saying to you for this year? What's God doing? What's he saying? And, you know, for me, in my heart, God's just telling me that it's, it's, this is the year for God to finish things that he started in our life. And God, this is a year, hallelujah, for the suddenlies, or this is a year for the God-appointed times of things that need, that need to happen. So we're going to see things happen this year that are going to be supernaturally, supernatural significant, and they're going to be changing in our lives. Hallelujah. I also know that God wants to do an abundant. God wants to do double in our life. He wants to do blessing and honor. He wants us to receive. But I, how many of you know you don't get anything unless you believe it? Yeah. Amen. Amen. You know, you, you don't, nobody, uh, you know, you got to start believing and exercising your faith and, and understanding. I mean, he said he's going to give you beauty for ashes. So it doesn't matter if everything's burned up. Praise God. God's going to restore it. He's going to bring it all back. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. God can raise it. He get it all bigger and better than it was before. Hallelujah. Amen. I mean, God's got that. God's got that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He tells us that we're going to you know, get the riches of the Gentiles. We're going to eat the wealth of the nations. That God's going to cause this supernatural thing to come into the church. Amen. And isn't it wonderful? He said, instead of your shame, you're going to have double. Double honor. Amen. Isn't it amazing that people are going to try to come at you? Don't you just love that verse where it says the enemy is going to come about you one way, but he's going to flee from you seven ways. Amen? He's going to come in one way, but he's going to flee from you in seven ways. Because he can't, he can't stick around. See, I mean, you know, remember what, uh, you know, Balaam told him. You know, Balaam was, you know, he was a dumb prophet and uh, did a lot of dumb things. But... <laughs> You know, he did. But you know, the king kept saying, you know, you need to curse it. He said, how can I curse whom God's blessed? And you're blessed. You have the blessing of Abraham. You have the blessing of the Lord Jesus Christ. You are blessed. Hallelujah. God said he's going to give us everlasting joy. He's going to turn this around. God's going to do some supernatural thing. Hallelujah. He, he's going to turn around some things for you. But he's also going to bring to pass some of the things that you thought were dead and done. And they're going to come to pass now because it's God-appointed time. It may not have come in your time, but it's coming in God's appointed time. And I believe this year is a year of God's divine appointments. And I believe he's got some divine appointments for us. And I know this. God loves to do supernatural thing when it extremely looks impossible. God loves to do the impossible when it looks like that's the only thing we get. Amen? He does. God works, always works supernaturally in, in extreme situations. He always does. I mean, they're facing the Red Sea. What are we going to do? Moses crying out to God, and God says, why are you doing that? What do you got in your hand? Yeah. I, got a, I got a rod. I got this. He said, well, do something with the rod. Stretch the rod. That's why I gave it to you for. Stretch it out. Let's open the sea together. Hallelujah. We sit around, and we want God to do everything, and God's saying, what do you got? What do you got in your hand? What are you going to use in your hand? What do you got? You remember when the story in the Old Testament where uh, the widow comes to the prophet and says, hey, you know, my husband's died, and I can't pay the bills, and they're going to sell my sons into slavery. What am I going to do? I, I mean, what can I do? And the, what did the prophet say? What do you got? What do you got in your house? He says, I, he goes, well, I got a little oil. And, and he goes, okay, go to the neighbors and grab as many, get, a, get as many, I mean, don't grab a few, grab a bunch. Yeah. 
He says, now bring them on into the house, shut the door, and start pouring into those buckets. Pouring into those vases. She started pouring, started filling them up, filling them up. And she filled up all the vases. And he says, okay, now go sell the oil and pay your debt. Hallelujah. God's going to give you witty inventions, give you ideas. You know, I mean, Proverbs says, I wisdom dwell with prudence and gain knowledge of witty inventions. Did you know that? That's a scripture in the Bible. I wisdom dwell with prudence and gain knowledge of witty inventions. How did you be able to be the one? You should have been the one that invented the Q-tip or the paper clip or the chip clip. Come on, hallelujah, They're taking the authority of this and doing this, amen? So I'm believing for that. I've been believing. I'm believing for millionaires and billionaires and people that just rise up to do the things of God. Now, I got a friend of mine in the state of California. He started believing that. He's got five millionaires in his church that were poor and broke 20 years ago. Yeah, God gave him witty inventions. Amen? And when he built his church, they said, well, if these five people left, uh, your church would go under. He said, yeah, but these five people ain't going anywhere because we did this all together. And they're all like, you better believe it. They know how to give, know how to sow, know how to do, you know, but God blessed them. God caused increase. God caused supernatural things to happen. Amen. See, many times we forget that there's a suddenly in the Bible. There's the things that God wants to do that, you know, no no matter how long it's been, no matter what takes place, hallelujah, God's going to come by and answer it. And when you have the word of the Lord, you have peace. How do you know that when you have the vision and the word of the Lord for your life, you have peace? You can be like Peter. He's in jail. He's tied between two soldiers, you know. And and they've already cut James's head off. And they say, we're going to cut your head off tomorrow. And Peter's laughing. He's having a joy. He's sleeping. How can he do that? Because Jesus already told him, when you're old, this is, what, this is how you're going to die when you're old. And he's like, I'm not dying tomorrow. <laughs> Don't know what's going to happen, but I'm not dying tomorrow. I'm not old enough yet. I'm not old enough yet. And the angel comes down and talks to him. Now, the funny thing about Peter is, is that the angel, he thinks he's dreaming. Because he went to sleep thinking, I'm not going to die. I don't know what God's going to do. Because God said, Jesus said, this is how I'm going to die. I'm going to die when I'm old. Amen? And the angel, can, and the angel delivers him. The angel takes him out. And you know, isn't it funny that the church didn't even believe it? They're in there praying. Everybody's praying. Oh God. Knock on the door. The little girl answers the door. And she's like, hey, guess what? It's Peter. Oh, it ain't Peter. Well, I thought we were praying for Peter's deliverance. Isn't it funny? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. But no, God's desire is that there are tests, but every test and every trial is just an opportunity to believe God. Now, many people, they get, they get so accustomed to their tests and trials that they start bragging about how bad things are and about how terrible things are. I had one of those phone calls today. Hallelujah. And so you have to kind of remind people that God's still God. God's still God. God's still God. He's going to come through. God's still God. Amen. Hallelujah. And, uh, you know, I, I don't ever take no for an answer. I don't ever. I mean, the word of God is the word of God. Amen. Hallelujah. And you remember the apostle Paul. Hallelujah. He's on the ship. And the Bible says they didn't see the sun or the moon for two weeks. Two solid weeks they didn't see. You couldn't see the stars, couldn't see the moon, couldn't see the sun. I mean, storming. And it looks like they're all going to die and perish. All of a sudden, Paul steps out and says, hey, guess what? Y'all can be happy now. Everybody be of good cheer. We ain't got nothing to be good cheer. What are you talking about? You're a prisoner here. What are you? Who are you? 
you're the one that mouthed off, said we shouldn't leave the thing, huh? Yeah, you know. He says, you should have listened to me, but you didn't, okay? But be of good cheer. Why? Because there's an angel that stood by me this night from the God of whom I serve and whom I belong to. Hallelujah. How many know you belong to God and you're serving God? Hallelujah. And he's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. And he said, yeah, but guess what? We're going to have to get on an island first. You know, we're going to lose the ship, lose everything. But every one of your lives are saved. God said he's going to give you all to me. Isn't that amazing? Because you remember when they, they did some things and they, and they started to cut the boats off and they started to jump off the ship and Paul went to the captain. He said, listen, if they jump off the ship, your life's in danger. Now you got to hang tight with me. If you don't listen to me, you're in trouble. That guy cut all those boats off. Let them go. He said, y'all stay in here. We're all staying together. <laughs> you know, but you do know that the boat broke up. They were in the deep for a night and a day hanging on the board. They didn't just get on the thing. I mean, you know, somebody was trying to swim over there and slap Paul. But he was hanging onto a board too. Because, you know, when they finally got on the island of Volta and they got on there, they were taking, you know, trying to dry themselves out. They were building a fire. Amen? I mean, the way God does things, it's totally different than the way we do things. I mean, who would have said, how do we want to get this island saved? Let's let Paul get bit by a snake. Yep, I'm going to let, Paul's going to be the one that does all this, so let's, let's get him get bit by a snake, let him shake that snake in the fire, let everybody watch him, and he doesn't die, then they think he's a god, so they take him to the leader of the whole thing, he prays for him, gets him, him well, and the whole island gets saved. Amen? God's good. Now, we think that's an awesome story, but we don't want to be the one getting bit. We don't want the one to be hanging on the board for a night and a day. Amen. We don't want to be there for two weeks not seeing the sun or the moon or the stars. Hallelujah. I mean, can't God do this easier? Can't God just make it nice? Put me up at the Hilton. Come on, man. Make it nice. Let them come in. Let me put me in a room right by the presidency there and have all this stuff. I can meet him in the hallway, you know, on the elevator. Let the elevator stop. Maybe we could talk. You know, all of these things here. <laughs> Amen. But we allow so many little things to stop us from the will of God because we don't really want to have a testimony. We'd love to have a testimony that I never had to face this or we never did, I don't want to do this, you know, instead of saying, no, God, God's always been faithful. God's always been faithful. Because how many you know there are things that you know that are coming against you, that are coming against your life or, or trying to come against your body that are not the will of God? And we put up with them so much. Instead of taking the word of God, taking these, saying, nope, you're not going to, no, you're not going to. And you keep fighting until those things are not there. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. You know, you know, one of the things about God, you know, God can do something when it's God's timing and when God does it, then it can do happen just like that. You know, God can, can totally turn your, your life around, your finances, your health. He can turn it around in an instant. Just like that. As long as you're believing. Yes. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. You know, we heard a tremendous testimony when we were down at Keith Hershey's from Josh Hershey, who's the pastor of the church. And it was so cool to hear about their drummer. And their drummer had gotten cancer, the pancreas and cancer, and had gotten eaten up all inside of him. And they basically put him on hospice. And they wheeled him in for six months into the church. And he drummed, you know, not being able to use his right leg hardly at all. And uh, then it came about six months. He was doing it, and he was just believing God. And uh, the doctor said, listen, if you don't get that leg amputated by April 3rd, he said, which was only like two or three days away, then you're going to die. You're going to totally be dead. 
And he said, well, I'm not doing that. I'm a drummer. I want my right leg. And uh, he didn't do it. He said, no, I'm not doing that and not doing that. And uh, he just continued to stand there. And then Jesus appeared to him and said, I'm going to heal your leg. And he said, but then I'm going to give you my blood one drop at a time to, to heal the other things going on in there. And, uh, and God healed him. And so when he came back to church and running up and down the aisles the next Sunday, you know, after being on hospice and doing some things and uh, God's hand upon him, you know, they did all kinds of tests anyway, and he had an anomaly in his blood. They couldn't figure out his blood at all. He said, you got to tell him, so they wrote an article, but he said, listen, you got to write in there that it's Jesus's blood. There's a reason you can't understand. It's just Jesus's blood that's healed me. And, and so they wrote in there and said, the patient says it's Jesus's blood that healed him. And so, and so, you know, and I love that. I love that story. It's documented. You can go on YouTube. You can find it. It's an hour and a half. Doctor, I mean, certified and everything. Thing. They had 16 doctors on the case, and uh, uh, you know, and he was a rock and roll drummer in the 70s, so he was, you know, doing all of his crazy things and all that stuff there and got saved. Hallelujah. And uh, unless you think he's a young guy, and he's, he was in the 70s, so that tells you where he's at, okay? He's not a young guy, and God just supernaturally did it. And the funny thing that, that Josh was telling us, he said, so funny, because he's, he's got a 69-year-old leg here, but he's got a 25-year-old leg here, and he can kick this up over his head. He's all excited. God did a really good thing with his leg, you know, but this one here is the same age. <laughs> it is funny, but when God does something, he just does it. You know, and healed them of and healed them of everything. And so, you know, we look at that and say, well, "Why won't God do that for me?" He will, and He has, because He's already done it. You just got to stand your ground against all of the things that are going on. Well, why did God have Him being wheeled in there? Why was He put on hospice? You know, why were these things happening? And uh, why did God wait so long? I don't know. Sometimes I think God just wants to show off. I don't know why he did all that stuff and why everything and why he got all this. But, you know, one thing about it, you know, I love it when doctors scratch their head and they say, well, we, we don't understand. We, there's, no, there's no rhyme or reason. You know, they won't say somebody healed you. Because they said his leg was splintered in 29 different places, places and the bones were, that's where the bones were going to go up and they were going to enter his heart and all that. It was all splintered and all, you know, not even able to carry any weight or anything. And God just put it all back together. Amen? Amen? See, now, lest you think that that's so crazy, let me tell you a little another story that the Lord just speaking to my heart. I had a guy, he was Greek, and he'd bring his Greek Bible all the time, and he'd always, you know, he was a really great guy, but he would always, like, challenge me. It was really cool, so we talking. But he used to sandblast water towers, you know, big giant, way up in the air and everything. And uh, he was up there doing that one time, and the hook broke. He fell 60 feet and, uh, and landed and, and was all busted up, and he shattered his, his ankle. He just shattered it. And they went in there, and they vacuumed it all out. I mean, I'm there with him. He's got all hooked up with the machinery because he was in my church. And so I'm praying, I'm talking to him. And we're working this thing out, and, and he finally comes out of it. He's, and we're talking, and he's still there, and things are going on. And they're like, you know, and his, you know, he's his, his got pins and everything, and his, I mean, he's got everything going on here. And so we're praying. He says, "Hey, pastor," he says, "I need you to believe God with me." I said, "Okay, well, what are we going to believe God?" With? He said, "I'm going to believe God that God's going to give me a brand new ankle in it. We need to get God to do a creative miracle and put an ankle all the way back in my ankle." And I said, "Cool, okay, let's get the word of God on the subject." What do you think? You know, the Bible says that there was a man that was there laying there and immediately strength came to his, his ankle bones and his feet. And he came, I said, we can believe God, let's do this. He said, all right, let's do this. And so we did, you know. And two days later, they go, we don't understand it, but we know we sucked it all out, but it's all back in there. 
And he got out and he, he still owns his business. And still, I mean, I'm sure he's retired by now. But, uh, uh, you know, he came out of that because uh, he broke his back in four places, busted all of his legs. You know, it kind of fits 60, 50 feet. So it's a long ways to, you know, drop. And, uh, you know, the good thing is he didn't hit his head. And, uh, but God, God just, I watched God do great things in his life and watch God do that. And you thank God for the miracle working of power of God. When you know that God can do it, it's simple faith because he asked me the question. He said, well, don't think God, I said, God can do that. What do you want to believe God for? Amen. I said, well, pastor, you have that kind of faith. The word of God is not, I have faith to believe and to hook up and say, well, God can do because God can do anything. And I've watched God do it in the lives of individuals. We see this. It's always that. Everything with God happened and became a suddenly. Amen? It looked like it was hopeless for those guys. It looked like it was hopeless for everybody in the Bible. But then God showed up. God showed up. (laughs) I mean, hallelujah. Amen? Hallelujah. So if you want to know where that scripture is for your feet and your ankle bones, that's, of course, that's Acts 3, 5 through 9, when Peter and John were going down to the temple in the hour of prayer. Amen? I'm going to give you four things real quick in three minutes. Are you guys ready? I'm finally getting, that was the introduction. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I love worship, so I don't, I'm not going to say I, I enjoyed all that. I don't care if I get to preach five minutes. It's all good. Amen. But how do I get suddenlies to start suddenly happening? You want some suddenlies? Let me just give you some things. How do I get my test to be a testimony? How do I begin to turn tragedy into triumph? Amen? And so I want to just give you four things that you can do. And when I say this, all it is is that you're just exercising your faith in all of these things. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. You know, I got a plaque that I got in 1983 from uh, Morris Cirillo Ministries. Brian Heck would understand that because he, he knew Morrison was part of that ministry or helping them doing different things. Anyways, I came out here in 1983 and so uh, because there were certain things that were happening from from. Pittsburgh and stuff, and so we came out here to meet with him and, 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 and see a meeting and stuff. Anyway, this plaque says, don't look to the bigness of your need, but look to the bigness of your God. Amen? You know, and, and basically like this, because here's what it says, your circumstances are a hindrance to you seeing my abilities, says God. If you keep your eyes on your circumstances, the devil will use your circumstances to defeat you and accuse the word of God, the written and the living word. Your victory is in keeping your eyes on the bigness of your God and his ability and his willingness. He has promised to take you step by step by step, amen? Not all at once, but step by step. Step, and each step will be a miracle. Amen? So there's things you can do in believing for the suddenly to happen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And number one is you got to talk faith, believing that God can do it, that God's going to do something, that there's move, God's moving. I may not know what, but God's going to move this. You have to talk faith and get rid of doubt, get rid of unbelief, get rid of the negativity in your life. you got to always watch what you're saying. Amen? Hallelujah. You know, and then you always got to ask yourself, all right, what am I doing? Are my actions declaring defeat or are they declaring victory? Or my actions, there's always something you can do. Amen? There's always something you can do. You know, it's amazing. We heard a testimony, and I knew the testimony because I remember Brother Hagin saying this, but Pastor Hagin was sharing it last night because he did a healing service over in Hayward. We were there. But anyways, he was talking about when Brother Hagin Sr. was in a meeting. He was preaching and teaching, but then all of a sudden the Lord said, he said, hey, 
God, God, God wants to heal folks. God wants to do something. He said, so, you know, the, the healing anointing's here. So come on up here. And these, these 10 people came up here. And, uh, the first thing he said, and he said, the Lord told me, told you just to run. Then this one just, he, you know, re- took you off this way. And uh, by the time he got back, totally healed. He went down one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. And all of them, one guy was really, he couldn't, he came up like this all about over and he couldn't do anything. He told him to run and he just started, he just did as fast as he could. By the time he got around, he's running perfect, you know. But there was a lady down at the end, number 10. She's done watch nine people get healed. He said, all right, well, sister, praise God, take off and run. She said, my God, preacher, you know I can't run. <laughs> I can't, I can't even walk, but let's run. He said, well, I, he goes, I saw you. You actually got down here by yourself. It took you a while. He said, but there's two or three over here that people had to carry them down here. And they ran and they got healed. He said, she said, but I know I can't and I won't. And so she didn't get healed. He went back and sat down. He just said, well, sister, go sit down then. You ain't going to get nothing. He, was, he, not, he wasn't too nice back then. You know what I'm saying? Just go sit down, sister. You ain't going to get nothing. <laughs> but you got to ask you, what are my actions doing? Amen? What are my actions doing? And here's the other thing. Here's the third thing. Is that how's your receiver doing? Are you a good receiver? I mean, I, I receiving the, the passes that God's given you. I receiving the ball. You know, you know are, are you receiving? When you receive something, man, you're so excited that you got it. Mark eleven twenty four says this. Therefore, what things have you, you desire when you pray? Believe that you receive them and you shall have them. You got to always talk about your receiver. People, sometimes they have a, they have a really bad receiving thing. I mean, I've been guilty. That's probably my number one. It's hard for me to receive. I think I should do it all myself. It's hard for me to receive. It really is. It's tough. You know, I mean, she gets onto me all the time. And it's so funny. We can, we can be standing in the same line for prayer, and she just receives, and the anointing just falls. She gets all this good stuff, and I'm like, and, and the guy's like, receive it, buddy. Receive what's wrong with you. Receive this. I mean, I had, I had Brother Hagen do it. He used to hit me in the head all the time. He said, you need to learn how to receive. Receive. He'd say, don't just sit there and be stupid. Receive it. He said, I tell you to receive it. I said, yes, sir. I'm receiving. I don't know. I'm receiving. I, I'm on it. <laughs> you know? I'm working on that. Hallelujah. But that's one of the areas, you know, hallelujah. Glory to God. <laughs> you know, so receiving it has a lot to do with your saying, but it has a lot to do with your attitude. I knew that go over real big, you know. And then here's the fourth thing, is that you need to testify. And that's why we're going to do this meeting. We're going to do things. But we need to testify. We need to testify of what God is doing. We need to testify what he's doing. I don't care if it's testifying. Glory to God, you know, it just it, however small it is. But just giving God glory for something. But you need to start testifying. You need to start giving God glory. So you need to, you know, take hold and begin to say, hey, I'm, I'm talking faith. I need to say faith. I need to be speaking faith. I need to have some actions that are actually corresponding. I'm going to do something to this. I'm going to endeavor to do some things. Because when you put actions to your faith, God begins to meet you there. Amen? And listen, you need to know how to receive that power, but also receive and humble yourself for the grace and the mercy of God. Amen? Say, Lord, here it is, here it is. And then you need to just let your testimony go up and go up and just testify of what God's doing in your life. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we honor you and love you and thank you. Thank you for these precious, precious folks. Lord, I just praise you and thank you, Father, for your grace. 
And Lord, I just think we just kind of shared tonight, just stir up our gifts, stir up, stirring up the gift of God within us, stirring up the gift of God within us, but also knowing, Lord, you're going to do us suddenly. And you're going to continue to do something. I mean, there's some supernatural things you're doing. And you're going to do it. And this is a year for double. This is a year, hallelujah, for you to do and to finish things that you've spoken to a heart. These are things for you to bring to pass all that you want to bring to pass. This is our year. I believe that for Harvest Bible Church. believe that for myself. And I believe that for every individual. Hallelujah. And I thank you for it now. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. And amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to receive this evening's tithes and offerings. So if you need an envelope, they're right there in the seat pockets in front of you. Somebody asked me how we're doing on our uh, roof and everything. We're meeting everybody, getting everything coordinated together. And uh, we've got a meeting with the solar system people this tomorrow, actually. So we'll get that lined out. And it's, it's just coordinating everybody. And then we also have to see, look at the weather. We do not want to open up our church and have it rain down in here. We, don't, we want to keep everything we have so far. Hallelujah. So we're going to work on that. Allow God to be God. Amen. And we're believing God. Hallelujah. You know, it's just about $225,000, but God's good. He's got more than that. Amen. I mean, we are doing things. You know, I, I just love to tell what God is doing and what God has done. He's doing for our, but I tell you, what are you doing? Well, we're going to do this. We're going to build a, you know, uh, a building down here, multi-purpose gymnasium building at the uh, east end down there. We're going to build a warehouse over here. We're going to put a new roof and, and solar and all the things up here. And we're going to do it all now. Hallelujah. We're doing it. We're starting it. We're going to go. And we're going to keep going. We're going to keep going until it gets done. And God's going to pay for it all. And he's going to use you and me. So we're blessed. So that means we're about to have a rainfall. I mean, I, I mean, it's going to come. Hallelujah. Because I don't want to go. We don't need to go out there and get yoked up with all kinds of things. Amen? Yeah. We don't have to do that. We can allow God to be God or not. He'll do it. And he'll bring it. And he'll bring it. In. And I believe that with all of my heart. It's just all of us coming together and say, hey, let's do this. Amen? I mean, God's not expecting one of us to do it. He's expecting all of us to do it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen? So you ready? Glory to God. Let's do this. Father, we thank you and praise you. You're such a great God. Thank you, Father. What a privilege it is to sow seeds into the kingdom of God. And Lord, I just thank you and praise you, Father, that as each one purposes in their heart to give, so let them give. And Lord, you are so good. You're so wonderful. And I just love you and praise you, Father, that every need is met in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you. Our roof is paid for. Our solar is paid for. Thank you that all of our air conditioning stuff is paid. Thank you, Father. I call it paid for. I call this land. I call this paid for. Our mortgage paid off. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I just thank you that you're bringing. The angels are working and they're bringing the money in. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Ushers, go ahead. Let's receive this offering here. Hallelujah. Amen. The Lord, he is good and his mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Trying to think what else, you know, there's, what else is going on? What's happening here? We got next Sunday and then, of course, the Sunday of the first Sunday in February, we're starting School of the Bible back up. It's going to be a real blessing. Cool things are happening. You can still all get connected with that and get involved with that. It'll be fun. We're going to be reestablishing our uh, coffee and uh, muffins and all that kind of stuff. Only we're, since it's going to be cold, uh, Pastor Pamela has requested that we make a big giant coffee shop down in the red room. So we're going to do that and make that all pretty and have all the tables, everything, so you're not standing outside. So we're working on that. So, you know, not that she's ever out there, but 
It's just a thought that she might be, so we got to go down there. <laughs> she was talking. I knew she wouldn't hear that. So it's all good. <laughs> you can. It was all good. No, we are. We're believing for that. There's some good things that are happening. And uh, praise the Lord. I just tell you, this, just God has his hand upon us. And we are thanking God for his mercy and his grace. Amen. Let's all stand up. I love you. God loves you. All of you watching, we love you. We'll see you on Sunday. And the rest of you, you guys are all dismissed. Be blessed.